It's a podcast. The podcast. Hosted by Lee Michael and Robbie. Hello, welcome to the podcast. The podcast, the official podcast of only reviewing shit that sucks. <laughs> I'm Robbie. Yeah, lots to discuss, Robbie. Lots to discuss. We got a yes. new song from Nickelback. We got a shitty new song from Blink One Eighty Two. I'm glad that you listened to both of those. I was gonna, I was gonna bring those up today, so I'm glad you listened to both of those. I, I do think that we should, uh, in, uh, in the spirit of this show, which is that everything sucks, and so do you. I think we should jump right in. Well, before we do, we we do have a bit of breaking news. Of course, go ahead. Uh, well, Robbie, a few hours ago, uh, reports are coming out that um, although Ezra Miller pleaded not guilty in a court yes. in Vermont, um, if he is convicted and found guilty, uh, okay. he could face up to 26 years in prison. Yes. Which is unfortunate because uh, Warner Brothers just went all in on Ezra Miller and said that they will not be uh, replacing is the Flash. is the Flash. They're Dang. moving ahead with the movie. Press junkets are coming up. Uh, reshoots are underway. So, you know, tough. Yes. Should, tough should we just overdub every time you said he with they? Oh, yeah, we should. That was that was a genuine <laughs> mistake. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I totally forgot. My apologies. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. It's uh, in light of all of the horrific shit they've done. It's yeah. uh, easy yeah. to easy to forget. So right. we'll just that's the correction. <laughs> I'm sorry. Attraction. OK, if we're going to. If we're gonna talk some shit on this fucking piece of human trash, we'll we'll, we'll get their uh, pronouns right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you said He-Man trash as like an extra little <laughs> He-Man trash jab. <laughs> you said human no, trash. Sorry, human. Okay, yeah, human. That's right. That's right. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, some old some old video has resurfaced of Doctor Oz on Jimmy Kimmel's show back when he was fat. Uh, talking about how he drinks his own piss and that uh, yeah, it's something yeah. you have to do in medical school, which is not true. <laughs> um, just you, bro. You're the only yeah. one. You're the only yeah. one. Yeah. Also, also uh, Kanye West is going to buy Parler. Apparently that's going around. Well, I love that because I think he was grifted into it. Oh, you think so? Yeah. So apparently Candace Owens' husband owns Parler. And Candace okay. Owens has been, well, she's known to be like a grade A grifter. Yeah. And she has been cozying up to Kanye for a while and giving him, <clears throat> you know, more of a platform than he already had and kind of egging him on and stuff. And then, oh, look, all of a sudden he announced he's going to buy Parler. That app that's the doing failing, <laughs> the failing app that probably is losing millions of dollars every single day. Yeah. Hell yeah. So in my mind, they were just like, oh, look, a sucker. And then they kind of made that happen, which is Could hilarious. Be. Yeah. Could be, yeah. But Absolutely. I got to say, man, his his popularity is skyrocketing after his latest anti-Semitic remarks. I mean, he's... Oh, boy, yeah. He really, like, to say he doubled down <laughs> on anti-Semitism doesn't even do it justice. <laughs> he's like a GOP sensation right now. It's unbelievable. He's like a cartoon villain with the anti-semitism now i mean no he's like um he's like that fucking Chappelle sketch about the black white supremacist yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then now we got Donald Trump going on anti-Semitic tirades and yeah, I mean, about how the the Israeli Jews are better than the American Jews because mm-hmm. the American Jews don't like him, but the Israeli Jews do. I guess I didn't. I didn't even think that's true, but. <laughs> No. Yeah, he says something about, like, Jews, you gotta get your shit together or something. Yeah, basically. And then he he claimed that he could, if he wanted to, uh, he's popular enough in Israel that he could be the prime minister. <laughs> Oof. It's okay, man. You should go try that. You, you should. should. go all the way over there and see how that goes. You absolutely should. Yeah. Also, another one of the just, you know, another remark made by Kanye West was he was invited to visit a Holocaust museum yes uh so that he could you know not be so ignorant about things uh and he said he'd rather go to planned parenthood because that's our holocaust (laughs) yeah and then he talked about Uh, how the jews took over the legal system because the lawyers used to be catholic but the but the catholic lawyers on the east coast didn't want to give divorces to people but the jewish lawyers did so that's how the jews took over (laughs) the law yeah it's fucking weird it's bizarre yeah it's but enough of this great. trash lee michael yeah, anyways we have, we have some fucking art to discuss lee michael and i both watched a little film called halloween ends and we should just jump right in full spoilers obviously that's what we do here and i would like to kick off our discussion with my personal favorite quote of the movie mm. if i may please <clears throat> this guy fucked up the LeBaron. another one of another one of david gordon green's classic groaners (laughs) dude this movie was one of the funniest fucking things i've seen in such a long time i was dying the entire fucking time and how unfathomably shitty and stupid and terrible it was the entire fucking time i gotta say for I like I literally I would have to pause the movie every like 10 minutes to laugh and be like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on? Oh, man. What I couldn't believe was how a movie that was so batshit insane was so boring. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing happens. <laughs> this movie nothing is fucking boring. It is. Nothing fucking happens. Uh, Nobody even gets killed for the first 40 minutes. Basically, there's like the kid who falls down the stairs for yeah, we'll reasons. All right. Yeah, that did. Yeah. Okay. Let's just let's just bring everybody up to speed here. Okay. Yeah. Halloween ends is the final chapter for now. Again, <laughs> again. final chapter again for the fourth time. Fifth. Well, time, it's the whatever. it's the end of this trilogy. We can at least say that with a hundred percent certainty. Which which movies again does Michael Myers die in again? All of them. Yeah. Yeah. He. Well, they, they leave it open-ended intentionally in, uh, after the first one. I think he, they kill him in the second one, don't they? They kill him in the second one. He dies uh, in fourth, H2O. Well, hang on, hang on. He dies at the end of the fourth one yeah. and transfers his evil into the little girl, Jamie, who then goes yeah. and kills her foster mother, which is immediately retconned in Halloween 5. Yes. Uh, he doesn't die in Halloween 5. He's actually broken out of jail. <laughs> then Hell yeah. In Halloween 6... It depends what version you watch. There's one where he's just kind of trapped uh, by these runes. And then there's another one where he's like beat to death with a lead pipe. But then, of course, it's vague as to if he's really dead or not. Uh, and then in Halloween H20, uh, he is beheaded. 
Yes, but then that's retconned in the next movie. <laughs> it turns out that, so that whoopsies, he, it was he a different a, guy. Yeah, he pulled a Scooby-Doo switcheroo. <laughs> yeah, in Halloween Resurrections, I forgot how he even dies. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's, I don't remember either. He's shot point blank in the head like five times, and his brains explode everywhere yeah. at the end of Rob Zombie's Halloween 1. And then there's not even an attempt to explain how he's still alive in Halloween 2. Uh, and then he's killed by a sniper for good at the end of that movie <laughs> yeah. and the evils transferred to Laurie Strode. Um, and then he's killed at the end of Halloween 2018, but then that's retconned to where he actually escaped. And then uh, at the end of Halloween kills, uh, he is beaten and just like totally obliterated by a mob, but then he's totally fine. Yeah. And the movie ends with him. Massacres the mob. Right. Yeah, he massacres the mob, and the movie ends with him killing Laurie Strode's daughter, Judy Greer's character. I don't fucking yeah. remember her name. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. And then in this one, well, we'll talk about it. We'll get there. Um, I just want to say right off the bat, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Fucking, what are we doing? Dude. This this movie sucks, cocks and balls. Oh, it's so bad. It's and, so bad. All right, let, let's just give a let me give a brief synopsis, and then I want to briefly talk about, like as briefly as possible, so, a few aspects of the previous two movies, which you haven't seen, which is also hilarious. You, yeah, you, I this haven't is seen the only movie of the trilogy that you've actually watched. Yeah, like I I know what happens in the other movies, like I know the the plot or whatever, so I right. wasn't lost or anything in this uh well not don't that it worry. matters you don't even have to like th- this movie is like completely unrelated to the other ones <laughs> to the other two well also you get so many flashbacks yeah yeah they, they tell you everything the first halloween movie yeah I they mean. tell you everything there's a, a voiceover that happens in the beginning that tells you everything that happened anyway right. so even if you like me have not sat through lee michael's dissertations on the first two um so yeah. there's a con- there's a convoy of trucks hauling wood chippers driving past my house right now and I got really distracted. Um reminded me of the end of the movie. Anyways, uh <laughs> Yeah, wow. I I'm still reeling. Um so this movie is a this movie, spoiler alert, is not actually about Michael Myers. It no. is uh about a young man named Corey who one year after the events of the previous two films. Uh, he's babysitting this little shithead and the boy is accidentally killed. Corey is, I mean, he's rightfully blamed, but it was an accident. So he doesn't actually go to jail, but he becomes this like pariah of Haddonfield and everybody hates him. And, um, meanwhile, after the events of the previous two films, Michael Myers disappeared without a trace. Uh, he's actually just been living in a tunnel in a sewer, like Pennywise. Yeah. Uh, too weak to continue going on. He's like basically just going to die any minute. Um, and then after he is chased by some bullies, uh, Corey ends up in the tunnel where he comes face to face with Michael Myers, who makes eye contact with him, uh, sees all of they like exchange all of their memories and then the yeah. evil it's like Michael Myers is transferred into Corey, making him the new shape of evil. Is uh, that 
is that like what is like supposed to be happening? Because yes. they don't like communicate any of that. He like grabs them by the neck and they just like stare at each other, but it's not like Yeah, he's transferring the evil to him. Okay. I mean that's what I figured they were going for, but there's no reason for you to think that that's <laughs> what's happening. Uh it's based I believe it's based on like supplemental material from <laughs> Halloween where John Carpenter was like yeah, he's not a man. He's just like a shape of evil. It's the shape that evil takes. And they're like, oh. right. That's like, that's kind of like what they say at the end of the first one, sort of Donald Pleasant's monologue about it. He's like, well, yeah, he just talks about how he's evil. But I mean, but I mean, it's like setting the, the idea that he's just sort of this force of evil and not really a man. Right. But we don't need to like look into his eyes and then it's transferred person to person. Like, yeah, I guess, you know? which yeah, doesn't even make any sense. Um, so anyways, there's no, there's not like, <laughs> really a montage or what like there's no they just stare at each other and then the and then cory leaves the <laughs> cave or sewer <laughs> well you see his eyes kind of get a little darker and they they see each other's memories and you like see his you see the ref, the reflection of the mask in his eyes yeah and then um it's like, okay cool <laughs> yeah so cory is now the new shape of evil and he goes because reasons right and he goes on a killing spree but it's different because he's not actually evil. He's really just killing people that have wronged him and honestly deserve it. <laughs> so he's yeah. like a vigilante, really. Uh, and meanwhile, he has gotten into a relationship with Laurie Strode's granddaughter. Just who is, completely out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're like madly in love within a I day guess. of knowing each other. And yeah. uh, also, but, Corey goes through like a bully mcguire transformation from spider-man 3 he's like yeah. emo now yeah. and does his hair different yeah to show he's a bad boy he gets a motorcycle uh and so he goes around at, at some point he wrestles michael myers to the ground for his mask completing his transformation and then he kills a bunch of people uh laurie strode has somehow figured out that all of this has happened and knows he's evil and forbids allison her daughter to see him anymore <laughs> Which doesn't go over well because she's an angsty 25-year-old lady yes. uh, who won't do what her grandmother tells her. And so, anyways, <laughs> uh, Lori and Corey now have to have a showdown for reasons. And so, Corey goes to kill her um, when he realizes that Lori has set a trap for Allison to come home and see that he's evil now. Uh, he kills himself. Uh, Except at this he point, doesn't. Well, no. Well, actually. he attempts to. He attempts to. He, what goes, he definitely he definitely kills himself, but then is briefly alive still so that Michael Myers can then snap his neck. Well, what happens is Michael Myers, like I said, is totally like weak. Need the evil but, back or something. Is that what yeah. that's supposed to be? Well, I'm trying to explain it. So Michael Myers is weak. Oh, excuse me. Killing people makes him stronger and heals his wounds, which is how he was able to heal and not die at the end of Halloween Kills. And this also happens to Corey. Once he starts killing people, all his wounds start healing. So now that he's laying there dead, Michael Myers shows up at the house. He knows where Lori moved to. Um, I guess Corey texted him the Addy. Yeah, and exactly. so Michael Myers shows up. He goes over to Corey, stares into his eyes, takes the evil back, kills him, has a showdown with Lori Strode, and then is immediately killed. And then they strap him to the roof of the car and have a procession through Haddonfield to the town junkyard where they then throw him into this like metal chipper thing. This yeah, like, like a scrapper. Yeah. Thing uh, and he is into and he is ground into dust 
and uh, the evil is done and the movie is over. And I want to say right off the bat, before we talk about anything specific, yeah, before we go into all of this shit, um, the thing that I hate the most about this movie, the thing that makes me so angry thinking about it is the fact that literally like the worst thing a movie can do besides not entertain you is waste your time by not having a reason to exist. This movie has no reason to exist. And you can say, well, eh, it's a cash grab. It's not going to make any money because <laughs> they released it in theaters and straight to Peacock. Yeah. They and just dumped it on it's stream. got, it's got a horrible word of mouth. It got horrible reviews. It's not going to have any legs. It's going to, I mean, maybe make its budget back break even maybe, you know, after the worldwide box office. Um, so it's not even like it's going to be anywhere near as successful as the 2018 cash grab. But the thing is this entire movie happens with Corey and Michael, Michael being incapacitated the whole time. Lori is a totally different character than she was in the previous two films. It's almost like they rebooted her. She's more yeah. like the Lori from Halloween H 20 now and all this shit happens. And then Corey dies and Michael takes the evil back and then has a showdown with Lori and literally everything that Corey did in the movie, like literally has nothing to do, like no consequences yeah, of fault. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect anything. It doesn't affect any characters. The final 10 minutes of this movie could have been the final 10 minutes of the previous film. And we wouldn't have needed an hour and 45 minutes of the rest of this shit at all. Yeah. It's such a fucking colossal waste of time. It is. It's really difficult to overstate the fact that nothing happens in this movie, except for the last like 10 minutes, a couple things happen. Otherwise it's just yeah. a series of scenes happening back to back. Yeah. Strung together. Yeah. It just, yeah. It just makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Like the, the, the opening, the little opening deal, like where the kid dies and everything. And like the mom freaks out and like blames Corey. Cause you can like, they come into the door. There's a little shit kid, like locked Corey in their attic somehow mm. or whatever. And is like mocking him. And then I guess he falls down the stairs and fucking dies. In a heat. So, <laughs> so Lori, or sorry, not Lori. And, Corey, and Corey's Corey like kicked. screaming at him to like, let him to like, let him out of the fucking thing. Let him out of the, let him out of the attic and he's like like i'm gonna you know get you you little shit or whatever the fuck he says and of course the parents happen to overhear it and that incriminates him and they get all pissed and it's and stuff like that happens over and over again in this fucking movie but well, it's also you don't see Corey do anything to him at the beginning but then there are like little there's like little flashback moments where it's like i guess he kicked him no what happened was he kicked the door open and the door hit him and somehow that sent him flying back to the end of the hallway over the railing of the stairs yeah yeah it, it still doesn't make any sense but yeah, yeah, no, Lord, yeah it makes no fucking sense at all Corey hit him with the door when he busted it open so it is his fault but how it happens makes zero sense and also it's a normal house but when you there's these shots like looking up the stairs from the entryway of yeah. the house and it looks like a 10-story house yeah it's like three or four stories somehow but then like you see the outside of the house yeah and it like doesn't the geography doesn't work <laughs> doesn't i mean that's nitpicking, that's nitpicking. but yeah so yeah that's the opening of the film is we get this prologue with Corey and what happens with him i will say um the title sequence was great 
And that's about the only part of the movie that was genuinely good was the little pumpkin like animation transforming or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. Cool. yeah. And the other thing they did, which um, is a little clever. I mean, it's kind of obvious, uh, an obvious thing to do, but you know, the Halloween 2018 had the same uh, font and titles as the original Halloween. And then Halloween kills had the same as Halloween two. And this one had the same, uh, titles is Halloween three. Mm. So Galaxy brand move right there. It's big time. It's big time shit that's, that David Gordon Green <laughs> thought of. I mean, that's really that's big time shit, man. Yeah. So that opening sequence happens. Yeah. And then nothing happens for about forty minutes. Um. Well, and- hang on. That's not true, Robbie. We get a lot of exposition and narrating from Laurie Strode, who's writing a book. Yes. And uh, the narration, it sure, it sure is a series of words <laughs> put, yeah. put together. It's interesting because she said, so she says that it's like, oh, the town after Michael Myers just disappeared. The town has like torn itself apart and everyone's paranoid and blaming each other. <laughs> you see like all these people like kill, like there's a woman like hanging from the outside <laughs> of her house and some dude who got like shot to death in his car. Like all this <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the the citizens of Hadfield are just fucking going insane and murdering each other for no reason because Michael Myers made them paranoid. But like I thought the ending, you know, of the last movie was that Haddonfield banded together to kill evil. So I guess we're just getting rid of that. We're getting rid of a lot of things, Robbie, um, and bringing a lot of things back in ways that I. I was shocked that they did. Yes. Um, there's, uh, for instance, in Hall- in Halloween Kills, this is a little detail you probably don't know about because you didn't actually watch it. There's um, yeah. this whole sequence that introduces, it's a flashback involving um, Lonnie, whatever fucking name. Lonnie was the throwaway bully, the throwaway character of the bully of Tommy Doyle in the original. Mm-hmm. And now he's got this whole extended sequence in Halloween Kills that's like a retconned, you know, added scene that supposedly happened the same night. And it's it's about his bullies. This group of fucking hillbilly, it's like the Canker Sisters from Ed and Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> they're called the they're called the Mullaneys. <laughs> and they have a catchphrase, which is that nobody fucks with a Mullaney. And they, yeah. they constantly yell this and, and repeat it and chant it. The movie has a lot of chanting going on. And they bully Lonnie and tell him, nah, don't fuck with the Mulaney. And then that seemingly never went anywhere. They're never introduced as adults in Halloween Kills. They're never yeah, brought yeah. up again. Well, in this movie, Allison has an ex-boyfriend who's about 55 years old. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's just kind of a jerky cop. We yeah. have a few scenes with him. They and it turns him out he's one of those Mulaney yeah. boys. Yeah, he's, from- a, he's a Mulaney. <laughs> Because he yells, don't fuck with the Mulaney yeah. uh, before he gets killed. And I guess that's the payoff for this five-minute scene from the yeah. beginning of the previous film. The payoff is that, oh, this, this fucking guy who was 10 years old in the 70s is now dating. I said she was 25 earlier, but she's actually just out of high school now. Yeah, it's really unclear what her age is supposed to be. Because Corey is also like 22 23 something like that yeah but they act like he's 21 yeah he's 21 in the 
opening Bef- sequence, and then I think that's like a year later is when that movie. The rest well, of the, the movie, the movie right? is four years later. The movie is four years after the previous after two. That, okay, so, so but it's three years after the that. opening okay. scene. <laughs> okay, I see. So okay, so he's twenty four, and yeah. she's like eighteen. Well, like freshly eighteen, maybe something like that. I don't know. Eighteen, I mean, nineteen. Yeah, but yeah, they act like they're like fifteen or sixteen. Like they both they treat them like the stereotypical high school students. Uh, in yeah. this movie, and fucking Corey even gets bullied by a bunch of high school students, oh. like some fucking high school sophomores. So the this is how he and uh, Allison fall in love. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> so we we have Corey. We figure out, oh fuck, this is going to be one of our main characters, I guess. <laughs> and he's this pathetic, awful piece of shit who drinks chocolate milk. That's a character trait for some reason. Just milk in general. <laughs> yeah. Milk in the opening sequence, he goes to grab a beer, but instead of grabbing the beer, <laughs> he puts the beer back grabs, and gets milk. <laughs> he milk. I mean, if, in fairness, he was grabbing a Heineken. I'd rather have chocolate milk too, instead of drink a Heineken. If it were me. Well, I think it was just regular white milk in the, Oh, I thought it was chocolate milk. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He grabs the thing of milk. Does he drink straight from the jug? I don't remember. It, I it doesn't matter. I mean, he's a piece of shit. I wouldn't be he's surprised. He's a piece of shit. So, yeah. And he's just like, you know, some whatever fucking nerd, I guess. Uh, we see him. He's like working at his dad's. It's, it looks like a dump, but I guess it's a mechanic shop. But it definitely looks like just a like just a junkyard. Uh, it's, a, it's weird. It's both because they take. We get to, we get a lot of scenes a thing, there. Kind of. Yeah, we do get a bunch of scenes there. I don't know. Who goes to the town junkyard to get their car fixed? I it's mean, a, some. Some like mechanics also have small junkyards in the back that they use to like grab parts for cars and stuff I like guess that. You're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense because I, I thought it was just a junkyard, but they say it's a mechanic shop later. Anyway, after that, we, we get that little thing set up like is this guy who is his dad, but it doesn't really we don't figure out he's his dad until later. They forget to mention that. Yeah, it's a stepdad. Um, yeah, yeah. But they for they forget to mention that that uh, little piece. Yeah, he's at a gas station. He's buying some milk, and there's some woman there. It's like, are you gonna buy anything? As he's like just browsing, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Uh, and he buys some milk, and then these like shitty high school kids show up in their Chrysler LeBaron convertible. Which when it pulled up, I was like, is this just like Hollywood? Like they want them to have like a cool car, so they just found a convertible, but they don't know, like they don't get that it's a LeBaron. But they say that it's a LeBaron later, so I think it's supposed to be funny. Uh, anyway. The, the kids are like, hey, you know, and, and and for whatever reason, the lead bully kid has like a Boston accent, <laughs> like yeah. a Brooklyn talk. He's like, hey, yo, we got the big game laid out. We're in the marching band. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> would you buy us a couple six packs? And he's, uh, and he's just like, no. And then tries to leave. And then they start harassing him. They're like, hey, I know who you are. You're that guy who killed the kid. And they start like calling him a pedo and shit. And then like he gets... <laughs> really mad Corey gets mad and breaks the bottle with his just by grabbing it too hard he explodes a glass bottle of milk in his hand yeah just because he's getting mad that these kids are calling him a pedo that he he has a 24 year old man is getting bullied by a bunch of 17 year olds uh and so then they're like oh what the fuck and then push him down and he like stops himself on some glass shards and so he he hurts his hand and then Lori comes over and is like hey get out of here you darn kids and they're like, yeah, whatever, go to the store. And then Did they she splash. Pull, didn't she pull a knife on them? 
Uh, no, she pulls the knife out after being oh, like, okay. Okay. should you do it or am I going to do it? And they like slash their tires, right. <laughs> then go to the, the hospital or whatever, where Ashley works and Allison. Uh, Ash Allison, excuse me. And uh, Allison starts fixing his hand and they're just like chatting. And then that's how they fall in love. Mm -hmm. Well, she's being because very, she she's being very forward and horny. Uh, with him for for absolutely no reason whatsoever yes she's just suddenly very foreign is like you should come to this party with me that i've been spending the last 20 minutes of this movie saying i'm not going to go to right well it's because she didn't have a date yeah Ugh. yeah i mean it turns it's a just high school melodrama shit for so fucking long it's like these are grown adults and what that's just dance how what dance yeah, it's some Halloween party at a bar that she can also get into, even though she's not 21, which is why I think she must be over 21. Yeah. I think she they, they're supposed to be close in age, I think. She must be barely 21. She was definitely in high school four years ago. Yeah, so she's got to be but like not clear what, 22. I don't know if it ever says what grade she was in. It doesn't. That's that's irrelevant. Again, uh, she's minor, she, minor detail. <laughs> She also is like expecting to get a, a big nursing promotion at the hospital. And then uh, this girl, her coworker that is sleeping with their boss, the doctor gets the promotion instead. Um, and then that sends her into a fit of rage. And so with, with Halloween kills throughout the entire movie, we have people chanting evil dies tonight. Right. To the point where it's fucking headache inducing. Yes. In this film, the the new motto is uh burn it to the ground and we have characters saying it in like sultry like yeah uh, gr gravelly deep voices it's it whisper, like like whisper gravelly voice we're gonna burn it to the ground yeah and they don't talk like, like that any other time <laughs> no not at all and it's like it's like the the fucking writers of this movie watched like Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman and took Oof. like the, the Joker Harley Quinn scenes or the emancipation of Harley Quinn or whatever. And we're like, all right, these are gonna, we're going to incorporate some of this in here. Yeah. And so the other thing is, I mean, it's clear why Corey has motivation to want to accept the evil and the power of the superpowers of Michael Myers, because right. everyone in town, he's, he's a, he's a loser and a pussy. Well, and everyone, everyone's horrible to him. Yes, I for mean, no reason. Absolutely horrible. I mean, you've already mentioned it. The mother is the mother of the boy who died at the beginning. I mean, she sees him at a bar and loses it. Yeah, and... at, the, at the party, which is a, another thing that I, I wanted to, <laughs> to mention, too, is when they go to the party together and they have, like, you know, a good time and that's, like, codifying that they're in love or whatever the fuck. That was a fucking uh, bizarre dance sequence, by the God, way. God, it was fucking weird. It was fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's like on the ground at one point. It's fucking. I thought he was having this, a seizure from like all the like just stuff like happening around him. Shit. Yeah, I don't know. But no, it was a dance move. And so he's like on the ground seizing and like slithering away from Allison. Then he gets yeah. mad at her. And he's like, where did you go? Even though Bitch, he you did her. the worm in the opposite direction from her. <laughs> no, he literally, he stands up and then walks away from her. <laughs> yeah. and she's still dancing on the dance floor. And then he sees the mom of the kid. And then the mom of the kid starts yelling at him. So he leaves. Right. He, the whole time he was leaving and he's walking away. And then Allison comes out and is like, what's going on? And he's like, why did you leave me? Yeah. It's God. Um, It's after, after that sequence, he gets confronted by the, the high school kids again. 
and then and then he gets thrown into the tunnel or thrown over a thing yeah whatever thrown over an overpass and that's when he goes into the tunnel and that's when he sees michael myers right but i so i understand Corey's motivation allison's motivation is that everyone knows her parents were killed by michael myers and so she feels they treat her differently her motivation is fuck you mom that as well yeah basically to laurie strode for no again no reason that's not set up it's not set up they have any conflicts with each other until the script decides that they need to because they've run out of ideas and they need to pad this runtime a little bit well so that's the other thing i wanted to bring up in the previous two films especially the first one uh laurie laurie strode is introduced as this shut-in bitter alcoholic that like nobody likes she has a horrible relationship with her daughter and allison is the only person in the family that has a relationship with laurie and like i not idolizes but like she's you know she's a grandma's girl she has a better relationship with her than her parents she's the one that she tries to bring laurie back into the family she's estranged from and patch things over and it's really it's less about laurie and her daughter and more about laurie and her granddaughter and even in halloween kills there's a lot of times where i mean allison goes off on her own little thing but she spends a lot of time with just her and Lori. They have a very close relationship. And then you, and she's also the only one that believes her about Michael Myers coming back and shit. Right. So you would think after surviving a horrific attack that left both of her parents and her boyfriend and her best friends dead, she would maybe fucking believe the woman who told her it was going to fucking happen in the first place. (laughs) <laughs> instead of at every fucking possible turn telling her she doesn't know what she's talking about yeah yeah she's literally telling her the plot of the movie and telling her oh this is gonna happen next because i read the script yeah. no you're crazy grandma you just don't want me to love Corey because you're jealous yeah it's fucking that, yeah. garbage and that's the other thing too is that like the entire movie also people are just like blaming Lori for michael myers i really didn't understand that at all just out of nowhere suddenly everyone's like this is all your fault you are to blame you suck you're the worst my favorite was she comes out of a grocery store (sighs) yeah and there's a woman standing there she's like she's like oh you think you just have a nice time would you buy in there she like she just bought fucking groceries she's like would you buy in there she's like what i don't understand she's like and then she like wheels up a lady in a wheelchair with a scar on her neck she's like you let this happen. And what's funny is that woman was killed in the previous film. And then I guess yeah. they retconned it so that she wasn't killed. One of the, one of the only <laughs> good death scenes was that whole sequence her and her husband getting murdered was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, but she survived, I guess. And yep. uh, blames Laurie Strode for some reason. Yeah. And that they're even like, she was your neighbor, but you don't even know her name. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking Except about? Except she wasn't because Laurie Strode lived in the fucking woods. Yeah. She lived in a shack. In a house she built out of fucking trees, away Uh, from everybody, on like a hundred acres of land. You dumb fucks. Yeah. They they like didn't even watch the fucking previous films they made. I know. They just do not give a fuck. (laughs) And it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't supposed to be this fucking super connected trilogy. Yeah. 
Um, but it's, it's just very, very uh, interesting choice to turn it into a, a episode of Riverdale. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, the, the, uh, I want to talk about Michael Myers. The first time we actually see him kill someone in this movie. Uh, cause it's that Mulaney guy who is Allison's ex for some reason. And is also like, he's set up to be a cop as if somehow that's gonna matter or like play into, something about him or that it'll come back. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, Corey no. leads him intentionally to Michael Myers and mm-hmm. they have a little fight and Michael comes out and, and Corey's like holding back the Mulaney guy. And he's like, come on, show me how to do it. And Michael Myers pulls a knife out of a, <laughs> out of a rock and walks over and uh, slits Mulaney's throat and it stabs him in the chest. And I swear to God, when he stabs him in the chest, it might be after he slits his throat. It's one of the two. Michael Myers c- comes. He fucking comes. <laughs> he does uh, it. He kills him. And he goes, and it like starts like breathing like really loud and like shakes. <laughs> well, I can see why you would think that. It's because he's like healing or whatever because he's yeah. killing the guy. But it just looks like he comes. It does. It does. I mean. I mean, that would have been interesting if he had, because, I mean, you know, the the original is so much about this, like, um, this weird psychosexual obsession he has with certain women, you know, right. uh, with his his sister's sexuality and then the the virginal character of Lori and her uh her promiscuous friends and everything. And so right. it would have been interesting if he kills a guy and ejaculates, but <laughs> they didn't, they didn't decide together, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's sure what it seems like. That's sure what it seemed like to me. That There's was also been, a moment. That by the way, earlier, better. if we had a scene of Michael jacking off over some corpses, <laughs> that would have been more interesting than this Corey shit. All I have to do is let Rob zombie take another crack at it. And I'm sure we can make that happen. Yeah. There's also there was a line earlier in like the very beginning of the movie during like the the cold open that just really made me laugh too, uh, where Corey where they're like he's like talking with the mom or whatever and he says something like well it's Halloween and he like turns to the camera and says like, we're gonna have some fun oh yeah that was bizarre <laughs> it's, it's just fucking so weird yeah he looks right into the camera and he goes we're gonna have some fun and like it's so it, fucking weird it was truly. Uh... They also set up that kid like he's super meek and like a scaredy cat and afraid of everything. But then, yeah, he like we said, he's like a little shit for no reason. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of weird. It's it's so strange. Anytime with these films that David Gordon Green has character moments, he throws in this weird quirk that is like not a true human quality that, you know, Nobody would behave this way. It's yeah. just like, oh, he made these quirky indie comedies about eccentric people. And so he tries to put that in these movies and it doesn't work. I mean, in the first right. Halloween he did, we had these bumbling cops that were arguing about whether Bond Me's are better than PB and J's. We we also had um I don't know if you if you actually ever saw the scene, but like one of the first kills uh when Michael escapes is this father taking his son hunting, but they're just like on the side of the road. He's taking his son hunting and his son's telling him, no, dad, I just want to be a dancer. I want to dance. He's like seven years old and he's trying to take him for his first hunt. He's like, no, I'm a dancer. I can't shoot. Jesus Christ. 
and then you know and then halloween kills we i don't even fucking know i mean there's a lot of weird shit in that movie um oh yeah there's the there's the lady that uh somehow shoots herself in the head like just weird shit you know yeah things that nobody would do or or say show that they show that uh that clip in the montage at the beginning where they recap the events of of the other movies that yes chick accidentally shooting herself in the head the best part of that is it's right i forgot about i have seen like that that clip that little scene uh, and i could i completely forgot that happened (laughs) until uh they they showed me i don't know why they included that No, it's so funny because it's over a line of dialogue saying like all the people Michael's killed and it shows her tripping and shooting herself. Yeah. It's like that was her own dumb fault. (laughs) It had nothing to do with Michael Myers. She fucking bumped her arm on a door and somehow it spun the gun around in her hand and she shot herself. Like it. Yeah. 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 There's a lot. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, let's talk about let's talk about the kills. So Corey, most of them are terrible. (laughs) <laughs> pretty much all yeah. of them a lot of them you don't even really see which is weird it's weird how much they shied away from the violence in this one after going so over the top in the last well the last one i mean the first yeah. the one before that had some pretty brutal kills too but this one is I mean, pretty like, tame. like the woman like the woman who shows up who's like in the wheelchair who died in the previous movie where they're like this is your part Lori strode like her her death and her husband's death is fucking brutal <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like super hardcore michael like breaks a fluorescent light and jabs it in her neck a bunch of times and like tests out a bunch of different knives on her husband <laughs> yeah and then he goes and stabs her yeah yeah i don't know how she survived she's also and yeah and she's like fucking... alive to she's like alive to see michael kill her husband and then he's like grabbing a bunch of different knives and just stabbing him repeatedly to find like the best knife yeah that's you know she's like that's like pretty brutal and then yeah he like stabs her and, that, uh, that was that was the best so scene in, weird. in that movie and that i as much as i dislike that movie i think that's one of the best scenes in any halloween movie yeah it's very good it's, it's yeah so that, good. that that little piece is really good it's so, uh, so yeah they like they shy away from so much of the violence in this movie it's bizarre yeah i and i wanted to see some of it i mean there some of the kills conceptually are good there's one where he uh so when Corey goes on his big rampage right after he's sort of taken over the identity of Michael Myers and become a true copycat, uh, he lures the band kids that are bullying him yes. <laughs> to the junkyard. And it's like, uh, oh, by it, the way, I also love that one of the one of the band kids just has a drumstick at all times that he twirls in his hand. Yeah, I mean, we it's all like know a John that Waters kid. movie or something. We all know that kid. I was friends with that. That was Parker Shore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I kind of was that kid, too, but it's just really funny. Yeah. Um, but and it, it's so weird. Before this scene, I was thinking, like, this is more like Christine than fucking Halloween. And then we get a Christine ripoff where. Uh, you can't see him behind the vehicle and it looks like this tow truck's driving itself and it's running these kids down and we, yeah. John Carpenter's score is similar to his score from Christine. And um, there's two good kills in this that are not shown at all and it's totally wasted. Uh, where So he this girl's trying to climb over the fence and he pummels her and the fence and she is trapped under the fence that the truck That's, is on top of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he brutally curb stomps this chick, but it's not shown. Um, not really. You like barely. There's like two frames of it. Well, you get the POV of him like raising his foot. Um, yeah, you, and then, you very, very briefly see the contact of the oh, thing, okay. but it, it's literally like two frames. Like blink and you miss it. 
And then the one that I was like, holy shit, they're gonna do this is uh the the leader of the little band kid gang. Yes, yes. He takes a blowtorch and turns it on his face, and it doesn't yeah. show any of it. Uh, like a welding, like a welding blow. It's very yeah. strange. Because if you if there would be any kills that would be gratuitous and over the top, it'd be that group's comeuppance. Right. Uh, but it's all like really lame. It's also I I did want to get to that uh sequence because it's they're at the the junkyard that michael's uh or Corey's stepdad runs or whatever and they do the whole thing uh where it's like oh he's wearing headphones so he can't hear which the, the, the second time that they do that in this movie yeah um he starts killing the kids we one of them is just off screen the kid that that uh, twirls the drumstick you don't see him get killed right uh, he then runs down runs down the chick who tries to climb the fence and doesn't quite make it there's the other girl who did climb the fence and he beats her with a wrench, but you also don't see that happen. Uh, the main leader kid manages to get the stepdad's attention and the stepdad hands him a gun that appears to be from 1857. It's the same um, gun from Predator 2. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's like an Old West style rifle that has the lever, a lever action. It's really bizarre. And yeah. uh, he tries to shoot him, but he shoots the stepdad instead because reasons... And then, yeah, you'd think that they would show the blowtorch kill, but they it's just out of focus. Mm-hmm. And then he curb stumps the chick and there's like two frames of barely anything. And then they just move on. <laughs> the only kill that they show with any level of gratuitousness is the, the radio DJ guy who I don't even know yeah. why he's a fucking character in this movie. You like hear him over and over again. And he's like a shock. He's supposed to be like a shock jock type, I think, which is a really weird inclusion to have in this movie made in the 21st century um yeah and you see him for the first time like a little more than halfway through the movie i think just randomly because they're on top of the radio building for some reason (laughs) Corey and allison yeah and like a perks of being a wallflower moment i mean the movie opens with the shock jock it does and even and even at that moment, I was like, "What the fuck is yeah, this?" It was weird, and it's just <laughs> they keep like you see billboards for this guy. Like it's so fucking weird that this dude is in the movie, yeah. and it, his kill is like all right, I guess. He like bashes his head in on the on the turntables and then cuts his tongue off, and then it's like spinning <laughs> on the record and like making the needle skip, which was kind of funny. Yeah, but it's just. It doesn't just fit in with this movie. Yeah, it makes no sense. There's like no reason for him to be included. The tone, the tone is all over the place. And it's so weird. That's like, it's just another thing that's lifted from a previous Halloween movie and Halloween six. Uh, there's a shock jock character who's just a horrible ass and he gets his comeuppance in a brutal way. And it's just like, why bring that back? I mean, these these movies, that's the other thing. They're just fucking rehashes of everything we've seen before. And part of it, I don't even blame them for because there's fucking nothing else to do with Michael Myers, man. He's a fucking faceless guy who kills people on Halloween. And then he fucks off till next year. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the other thing is like the movie the movie is like so much about this relationship shit in the days leading up to Halloween. And then as soon as it's October 31st, Corey is fucking got these, you know, he's evil now and he's killing people. And then like, it all happens on that night again. It's just so, and I get like, Oh, it's Halloween. It has to, but fuck dude. 
Yeah, it just it's like constant tonal whiplash. Yeah, I feel like what they sh- what they should have done instead of making an anthology about things that happen on on Halloween, it should have been about Michael Myers killing people on different holidays. That's what you do with Michael Myers. There's nothing else to do. Have Michael Myers come back in a fucking Santa hat. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And come down a chimney and fucking, you know. Better yet, make it be one of like the novelty ones that has a little mechanism in like the very tip of it that makes it move around and it sings a song. (laughs) Sure, yeah, anything. I mean, do something totally new. And, you know, people, the people that like this film in the fan community I've seen, they're like, well, I like it because it's different. No, it's not. This happened in Halloween 4. He fucking transferred his evil to the little girl. And then she was evil. They just didn't follow through with it because they didn't have the balls to. Yeah, and they didn't follow through with it in this movie because they didn't have the balls to. They had to fucking kill Corey so that Michael could get his fucking mojo back. It's Michael. It's Mike Myers having to get his fucking mojo back. <laughs> we saw this in 1999. <laughs> God. I mean, fuck, man. Oh, uh, shit. That's all it is. It's the same shit we've seen a hundred times. The kills are not fucking new or inventive. The storylines aren't new or inventive. The characters aren't new or inventive. I mean, that's the other thing. We have two movies of Laurie Strode, and then she is a totally different person in this film. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, she's right back to where she fucking started with the same fucking attitude. She doesn't even grow as a person. Nothing changes. It's fucking pointless. You know, just fucking this movie, dude, have the crowd beat the shit out of Michael. Lori comes out of the hospital, gets the final kill. They take him to the junkyard where there could have been a kill earlier in Halloween kills to set up that there's a junkyard with this fucking shredder. And then the people of Haddonfield take him there and they throw him in. Evil dies tonight. Boom. It's over. We didn't need a fucking hour and 45 minutes of this Corey jerk off and Allison thinking she's a bad girl all of a sudden. That's the other thing. They did this in Halloween two. Rob Zombie's Halloween two with yeah. Laurie Strode. She turned into this like fucking I'm too cool for school bitch. That was a fucking emo chick running around with bad boys and shit. Like we've seen all of this a hundred times before. Just fucking stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's pointless. It's pointless. And God, dude, now we got... So this is done. Now we got fucking three Exorcist movies from this fucking guy. Yeah. It's going to be be real bad. (laughs) God, it's going to suck. And Ellen Burst is coming back for that. Of course. That's what you have to do now. Well, to be fair to Ellen Burstyn, she apparently agreed on the condition that uh, they fund a grant for this art school that she wants to open. (laughs) So, Okay, well, that's fair. At That's least she's doing it that. for art. It's just the movie isn't the art, you know? Yeah, it's, so it's that's the good. vessel for later artistic. It's the shape. I do, <laughs> I do, like, the, the one little nugget, like, in this movie that I was like, that could be spun into an interesting idea it is, like, the idea of a copycat killer. So it's like, yes. it's not like the evil of Michael Myers is literally transferring, like, it's witchcraft. It's just that it, like, inspires someone else to, like, continue committing atrocities that I think is a little more interesting and you could like have some potentially interesting commentary and, and that could be, you know, and again, similar deal. If you want to have a whole thing about how everyone thinks Lori is crazy, that he's going to come back. Well, she kind of is because she's, you know, has PTSD and is obsessed with this whole thing. And he isn't literally back. Just a copy. Like there are, there would be interesting ideas there. But exactly. And that's, that's the nope. other thing. That's the other thing I think they should have done. That would have been a, 
a great shocking twist in the first place with fucking Halloween 2018 is you have, okay, this happened 40 years ago, whatever. And how is he fucking back? And it's a copycat. It's revealed to be a copycat at the end, which I mean, yeah, that's kind of like a scream or Friday the 13th already did that, but at least it's something new for this franchise. I mean, I think to have something that is so personal to Lori and it finds out that it's just like, a, a random guy, a random guy, and that there is never meaning to it. It just happened to her again, and it's a totally different thing. And that, you know, what does that do to a person? That's interesting, but yeah, this shit with Corey was just fucking pathetic. And this whole, yeah, this tag team, this Batman and Robin shit they did when they they go to the so. Uh, Allison has a bad day at work. You had a bad day. And I don't know how how Corey knows any of this. Somehow he knows that Deb is dating the doctor and that she's going to be at his house and he yeah, goes there. Yeah, I don't know exactly because she gets like passed up for the promotion. And like they have there's like a conversation where like he talks about how like the his boss how her boss like treats her like shit. And like well, like they have some yeah back and forth. I think it's right before the you know put it all down. I'll light the match. <laughs> Fucking oh, kind of, I think it's in that scene. That's yeah. So anyway, so they go to the doctor's house and he he kills the doctor and he tries to kill Deb and he fucks it up. He's got a scarecrow mask on and she knows it's him. And then uh, she's going to call the police and surprise Michael Myers is there and he kills her and, you know, they work together or whatever. Yeah. And they do the thing that they always do in Halloween movies that was like scary enough in the first one but loses <laughs> its appeal when you see it in every fucking other movie where he sticks someone to the wall with the knife and they stay there when he backs up see I like, I'm, I, amazing in halloween one not kind of loses its appeal after that i don't know i like in halloween four when he does it with a shotgun <laughs> he stabs a lady with a shotgun <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. Okay, that's okay. I'll give that then. I'll grant that. You don't you don't see people get stabbed with guns very often. I thought that's That's true. I we need to see more uh sta- gun stabbings. And I also like See, I like I like things like that. I also like in uh this is totally different, but in The Punisher when um the 2004 one with Thomas Jane. Yeah. I like when he shoots that guy with his knife. That was also really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty good moment. <laughs> Not as good as the rocket blowing up the parkourist guy, the no. parkour guy, but in the in the following movie. <laughs> but. You know, you know what we need in a movie, Robbie. We need a guy. He uh, he pulls out a a knife, and then the other guy pulls out a gun, and you think, oh, he's got him, and then the guy shoots his knife at the guy with the gun, but he misses, and then the guy just takes his gun and stabs the other guy in the chest with it. <laughs> That's what we need in like a like a modern western or something. That'd be really oh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyways, um, moving on. Yeah, it's it's trash. Uh, is there anything else really worth mentioning? And um, yeah. and see, that's the other thing is when the movie starts, you would think Laurie would be in a worse position than she was at the end of the first one because now her daughter is dead yes. and her son-in-law is dead and in the previous film in the halloween 2018 she was this totally broken fucked up you know survivalist recluse because of something that happened 40 years ago and she couldn't get past it how do yeah. you think a person like that would go on after losing their daughter 
to something that they feel they had the responsibility to prevent. They'd probably be like totally just fucking beyond like anything, right? Yeah, yeah. How does a person well, no, we're not gonna explore that. She the movie starts and she's just like she's I just had to learn that bad things happen and you have to move on and it's fine now. And Michael Myers is gone, but that's okay. I'm fine. And she's yeah. She's like the best she's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't even this happy of a person in the original Halloween before all that shit happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's like so happy-go-lucky, dude. She's telling Allison, "Yeah, go get your fucking pussy wet," and she's telling, she's flipping people off. Yeah, and what's and what, yeah? What's that whole monologue? She has something about grabbing life by the tits or something. She, yeah, she has she's, like this fucking bizarre, bizarre fucking monologue where she's telling Allison to go to the party. Yeah, she's telling her to like get some dick and telling her to grab life by something like, yeah, something to do with her tits. It's something, it's something about tits. Tits is involved. Yeah. It's like grab life by the horns and like tits out. And like, I don't even know. It's something like that. Another thing that's really weird is that like everyone knows that not only is Michael Myers indeed back, right. but that he is still out there. That's established. Right. We know that at the start of this movie, but everyone is acting like Michael Myers is just a myth. Like he's yeah. a legend now. Yeah. That shit just happened. Yeah. And the town is, as we said earlier, indiscriminately murdering each other, I guess. Except for when they're not. You also, they set that up as if like that's gonna matter in some way, the town being paranoid and whatever. Yeah, and then and we skip the, ahead four years and everything's fine. Yeah. You'd think it'd be worse, but uh, you know, whatever. Fuck. Fuck me. Let's let's not do anything that could make this movie even remotely interesting. Yeah. I'm also another. I mean, what else can you do? You have a character who, for some reason, like because he killed people on Halloween in the first one, he can he's limited to only the day of Halloween. He doesn't do anything before or after Halloween. He's got a remarkably good internal clock. He always escapes the date the night before Halloween and he comes into town in the morning. He spends his afternoon getting his shit ready, eating some dogs, going back to his house. Yep. Um, and then at night he's good to go. It's it's like home alone when the wet bandits are gonna go back after dark. <laughs> uh, and then and then oh, you know, oh, he's presumably killed until next he comes back next year inexplicably, or he's just incapacitated for years. I mean, they did this in Halloween five where he was thrown down a fucking mine shaft in Haddonfield, the suburban town just yes. west of Chicago. He's thrown down a mine shaft and blown up with dynamite. And then it it turns out that he actually crawled through the mine shaft into a waterfall and floated downstream to a hermit shack and then was in a catatonic state until the following Halloween night. And in this one, yeah, it's four years of he just lives in the sewers. He's too weak to do anything. Yeah. He does. I also I also thought it was a nice touch that they uh, set up the entrance of the like sewer hole or whatever that he lives in to look like a nest. I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, that's clever, I guess. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> he should have had eggs that looked like the mask. That would have been good. Like laid some <laughs> eggs, some evil eggs. Yeah, like alien. Yeah. Um, the other thing. Oh, shit. I just I just had it and I kind of lost it. Um I don't know. Uh, something related to fucking Michael Myers in this movie it doesn't really matter. Yeah, who cares? Um, fuck. Something about he 
out till Halloween comes back. Also, the the final showdown is lame as fuck. Yeah. They're just like in her kitchen and they like hit each other a few times and then she stabs him in his hands and attaches him to the island (laughs) in the middle. Yeah, I agree it was lame. I think they had the right idea because... I mean, it's kind of a joke at this point. Like, uh, how do you kill these, you know, Jason yeah. or Freddy or, oh, you got to you just, you know, dismember them. You know, you'd, you'd, if there was Michael Myers in real life, you'd fucking cut every limb off. You'd cut his head off. You'd bury him in separate places. You know, um, actually, if Michael Myers exists for real, the government would be fucking studying him because he apparently oh, yeah, no, just be, regenerate. In, I mean, yeah, yeah. He'd be in fucking deep in Area 51. That's what they should do in a in a movie. They incapacitate him, and then the government comes in, like in the Blob. These fucking guys in hazmat suits show yeah, up, and yeah. they take him away. And then he's like, you know, he's like a fucking super soldier. They've That's got a the, whole yeah. army of soldiers in coveralls and white masks in Iran, just like killing kids yep. and taking oil. Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> I think I think what we need. I, you're on the right track. I think what we need is the plot of Shin Godzilla, but halloween or friday the 13th or whatever that'd be great yeah well yeah we, we joked about that the last time we talked about halloween where just like it should just be he consumes the whole universe somehow i mean yeah yeah he just like he murders the, the entire, entire planet yeah. yeah 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 um but no what i was gonna say was like they had the right idea you you'd confine him and then you drain all the blood from his body you stand there and watch it happen yeah, you, yeah. You take off his mask, which is a symbol of evil, and then you fucking just absolutely destroy his entire body. And I thought that was actually really well done when they throw him in the chipper and he kind of implodes. That looked really good. You just see blood spraying yeah, out and yeah. flesh and everything. That was cool. And I feel like, yeah, no, I mean, I think of like the idea or whatever. It's fine. It's the execution yeah. was really boring and lame. Yeah, that's what I'm agreeing with. Because there, there's also, like, it's, like, almost comical how much Michael, like, realistically fucks Lori up. He's, like, pushing her head through glass and, like, shoves her hand into the garbage disposal and, like, hits her. He, he hits her head on a lot of stuff and, like, yeah. throws her around a lot. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, they're both superhuman somehow. Yeah, um, I guess. He also, like, rips his hand in half out of a knife and then grabs her. His fingers are all hanging off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't and matter. She also has like a really lame, like the thing that she says to him that I guess is supposed to be the cool badass. I'm going to kill you now. I don't remember what she, she's like, you know, I used to think you were this, 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 this. She said, but you're, you're actually just a, just a man. You're just a man who's going to stop breathing tonight. Yeah. Is what she says. And then she slits his throat. Yeah. That's anything. Something about equal pay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, social commentary. Just a man. You're just a man. And I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i've and then got she, tits and then she sits on his face pussy yeah. not that you have to have tits or a pussy to be a woman but i have <laughs> oh god yeah then yeah there's there used to be that rumor that she was a hermaphrodite and then she yeah. like puts that to bed she's like i have a beautiful pussy I don't know. turns into like <laughs> fan erotica for no reason <laughs> yeah what's the movie where she does the strip tease it just becomes that true lies true lies yeah um so i don't know i don't know if this is accurate i'm taking it with a grain of salt but um, okay 
So I, I was familiar with a lot of things about the film before it came out. You know, I stay up to date on leaks and that sort of thing. I knew I knew about the Corey character. And I knew he would be some sort of copycat. I didn't know it's going to be as horrible as Michael gives him his mojo and then has to take it back at the end and all right. that. Um, so I knew a few things. Uh, and I, I knew that, I mean, this was, this wasn't a leak. This was David Gordon Green said this explicitly like a month before the movie came out, he still didn't have an ending for the film. They were trying all sorts of things. Right. Seeing what worked. Apparently one of the endings was they have the procession. They take Michael Myers to the funeral home and incinerate him. And then uh, he goes, you know, his ashes come out of the smokestack and lay over the town. And then, uh, you know, oh, what does that mean? And then, you know, cuts to the next morning and Allison, even though she like lives with Lori, she like goes and knocks on her door and Lori opens it. And then her eyes like glaze over and she starts strangling Allison. <laughs> and then she stops and she's like, get out of here. I can control it. And she's like turning into Michael Myers and then the door slams shut and then it cuts the credits. <laughs> so, Jesus. so the town was going to be, I guess, one by one infected with yeah. the evil from the like uh, acid rain, like return of the living dead. Like, yeah, the, I was just going to say like return of the living dead. <laughs> um, the evilness of Michael Myers spread or like in fucking hocus pocus. when they like come out of this. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. And Laurie was the first one to be infected. Cause she was the closest to him, I guess. Of so course the movie would end with the door slamming and she's evil on the, well, others. I mean, Hey, to get back to our idea of Michael Myers kills the entire world. Yeah. If he infects all of Haddonfield and they spread and it's like a virus. Mm hmm. <laughs> everything it kills gets up and kills yeah you know what else would be interesting uh sort of a sort of a crossover between halloween and halloween 3 where you have the masks but they're michael myers masks and they make people evil i mean yeah doing like uh having like a, a shameless corporation that is just like profiting off of this tragedy by making actual michael myers masks yeah and then there's witchcraft That'd be interesting yeah yeah sure why not fuck it, it. It could be one of those sequels where, like, the movie is a movie within the movie, and they're, you know, oh. like, well, like, Blair Witch 2 is like about fans of the Blair Witch Project movie. You could have, you know, Halloween where they're fans of Halloween and it's they're practicing witchcraft and they make these Michael Myers Max, and, you know, there's a new Halloween coming. I and mean, it's kind of like scream territory, but meta. It's so meta. It's super, super meta. But yeah. I think that's new. You know, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, this movie, this movie's, uh, you know, well, it's about family, and that's what makes it so powerfully, Michael. Oh, <laughs> uh, you must have been watching uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's press junkets. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw any for Halloween Kills, but not only did she call it a masterpiece, um, yes. she said that they sort of predicted uh, the Black Lives Matter protests and made of like, you know helped inspire that uh yeah sure. <laughs> and uh, and also like predicted january 6th and all of this so yeah how much how much of that do you think was her just being like you pay me enough money and i'll say whatever you want me to say versus her just being crazy i don't know 50 50 honestly i mean she's it, uh, it's probably a little bit of both a little bit of being both. honest yeah she's a little out there uh i love her to death but she's a little out a little there. strange a little strange a little strange 
But hey, suppose it's funny. She, you know, she said she was done after this many, over and over again. She's said she's done. She did a stunt on, I think, Jimmy Kimmel, where she put in writing. That was her final outing as Laurie Strode. And now she's kind of walked it back. You know, the door's always open. She's well, always, yeah. What else is she doing? It's not going to be another True Lies. That's for sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I Maybe in another 20 years, we'll get Halloween 60. Uh, Michael Myers will be in 95. Laurie Strode will be 85. And uh, yep. who knows what that could be like, you know? I ho- hopefully I won't be alive to see it. <laughs> I hope the uh, I hope nuclear Armageddon will have taken the planet mm-hmm. by then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I hope there's nothing left but dust and roaches. Hope, hopefully, we get those uh, th- that that huge uh, you know uh, global meltdown, uh, Earth-ending natural disaster uh, because of global warming before we get the next Halloween movie. God, I fucking hope so. I hope the Yellowstone super volcano erupts before then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, hey, that was no Hellraiser, let me tell you. But um, <laughs> definitely not. Robbie, what what was worse to you this past week? Uh, Halloween ends, the new Blink-182 song or the new Nickelback song? Rank them. Worst to best. Fuck, that's hard. Um, I got the most entertainment out of Halloween Ends. That's fair. So I think we're going to have to go that up at the top. I think probably in the middle will have to be the Nickelback song because it's not <laughs> like there's nothing uniquely bad. Like we already know this. It's it's bad in a familiar way. I wasn't surprised by it at all. Uh and then I think I'll rank the Blink-182 song at the bottom because everyone was so excited that the original lineup is back, baby. You know, what's really funny to me. I heard that song and I was like, OK, yeah, I mean, it sounds like Blink-182. And then all the fans are like, it's horrible. It sucks. That was going to be mean, good. Yeah. It sounds I like mean, all their other shit. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's not that great of a song, but no, I mean, they don't have any great songs. It doesn't I mean, sound particularly interesting or like there's nothing particularly unique about it. It's like, yep, that was the sound that was popular 20 years ago. It's like, um, it's like, and, the- they, and the blink One Eight Two does the thing. And this is like a problem that Weezer has too, Oof. where it's like rivers Cuomo, you're 55 years old you, or whatever the fuck you gotta, you're almost 50. Like you gotta stop fucking talking about, uh, the girls and the fucking summer vacation and fuck Like, it's uh-huh. it's weird and feel it just feels off. In Blink One Eighty Two, like this song was the same deal. It's like, are you all like fifty? Yeah. And this this is like some weird like teenage shithead punk nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I th- I think um, I think the punk genre is something that you kind of need to grow out of at some point you know i think that are you or you center if you're gonna be older and you're gonna do punk music then it centers around like anti-establishment stuff and things like that oh like punk music is supposed to yeah yeah you know like (laughs) punk music i mean yeah if you well the thing is you don't sell out in the first place you're either you know (laughs) that's the thing you can be a 65 year old punk but you gotta 
you're the Melvins, right? Yeah. You're off, like, not offspring. Yeah. Fuck. You're, uh, <laughs> God, why I say offspring? You're bad religion or fucking something like that. Yeah, you're yeah. not, you're not the, uh, the, the girl in the crop top at the rock show. I want to go where all the boys go. You're, you know, <laughs> not that. You're not that. You can't be 55 yeah. and that's your song. You can't be fucking, yeah. you can't qualify for AARP and talk about how we got to get out of this town tonight. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't yeah. fucking compute. You can still, you could be in your 50s and be like, hey, the government fucking sucks. Like, that's fine. But right. yeah, you can't be talking about how you want to take your girl and 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 finger blaster on the Ferris wheel or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you can't. How, how you want to? How you got to get your girl home before her curfew? Uh, that's just, that's <laughs> it's a little. It's, a, it's not a good look when you're 50 years old. Yeah, you either like die the sort of underground penniless punk hero, or you live long enough to write Kill the DJ. <laughs> you live long enough to rejoin Blink 182. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you live long sad. enough to get yourself kicked out of blink 182 for being a huge fucking asshole (laughs) it's so pathetic dude oh god it's fucking unbelievable and then they're charging like six hundred dollars for ticket prices (laughs) (laughs) oh god dude nothing says punk like uh like a sold-out stadium show like price gouging the stadium seating Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I'd rather fucking. I gotta you, say, uh, did you watch the Pat Finnerty video on the uh, Nickelback song? Oh yes, the, the little way? stinker. Oh, I sure did. Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I knew about it. Yeah, that's how, yeah, that's how I heard about it too. And it's pretty bad. Um, it is. You know, I gotta say, I'm picturing that Thanos meme where he's like, "Perhaps I treated you too harshly," <laughs> and I'm holding up that new Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I'm thinking <laughs> suddenly. Oh, dude, the new Red Hot Chili Peppers is, like, palatable. <laughs> like Compared to this, I mean. Yeah, yeah. like, it's, like, the, yeah. I mean, that's another, I, that's another song about, like, oh, I don't want summer to end. Oh, no, for sure. You're for sure. 75, dude. You've been to rehab nine times. Stop singing about you don't want yeah, the summer you, to you end. Now, now Anthony Kiedis looks like Iggy Pop with a handlebar mustache. Yeah, he looks he looks worse than Iggy Pop. He looks fucking it's, older than Iggy Pop. It's fucking yeah, yeah. They they got old. <laughs> they got old real fast. Yeah, yeah. It's rough, dude. Fl- but at Flea least looks you know like Will Ferrell's dad. I mean, it's just not fucking <laughs> ideal. At least with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, three out of four members are like pretty good musicians. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I always. I've never been a fan of theirs. But I always felt that, well, three of them are pulling their weight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> three of them do good stuff. Exactly. Oh, I said Flea, I meant Chad Smith, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Anyway, I think uh, speaking of Pat Finnerty in his uh, Danny California video, he like really hit the nail on the head, which is that like Red Hot Chili Peppers is, is the band where you go, oh, yeah, they were my favorite band in high school. Right, right. And that's kind of where you leave it. And they were, for me, in high school, they were one of my favorite bands. I fucking loved the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And now I can't really listen to their music anymore. I don't know that I can outright say it's like, some of it is bad. Uh, and I knew that even then. But some of it, I think, is like fine. I, I've just kind of grown out of a lot of it, I think. But mm. Yeah. I never, I never got into them. I mean, I'm not a, I was never a hater. I just never really clicked with it and i mean that's fair they're like fucking weird (laughs) 
<laughs> they're they're kind of a weird band. They're definitely one of those bands where it's like if it was not the '90s, you never would have. They never would have become famous. They they were blessed by the '90s being like the last time that record labels were like, yeah, fuck it. Well, you can get a record. We'll give you a record right, deal. Why not? Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, so lot lots to uh, consume in the way of entertainment this week if you want (laughs) to uh, punish yourself um also uh, a little under the radar but probably easily the best of all this shit green day put out a demo version from an unreleased song from nimrod for the oh did they yeah there's like uh it's the 30 35th no 30th 25th 25th anniversary of nimrod Mm. so they've got a huge box set coming out with uh previously unreleased songs demo versions of songs uh, irritate me is that it yeah yeah it's not bad i'll uh, i'll check it out i love that record yeah nimrod might be their their best studio album yeah yeah i think that's probably accurate my hot take um can you you imagine if green day put out american idiot now instead of 2004 oh dude if it were not for the context in which that album was released it would not be good I don't know. I, I would still say it's good, but I'm saying like, can you can you imagine if they put out? Well, let me rephrase it. Can you imagine if they put out now an equivalent of that album that I captured see, this time as well as that did? I mean, it'd be like the it'd be amazing. I I feel like that album's still pretty has it's aged remarkably well because I think like it still captures a lot of like because <laughs> it's still happening. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it's all I never stopped. Because <laughs> yeah, it's about us living in a fucking geo created wasteland i mean we yeah, still if are, we have uh, one thing to thank donald trump for it's for making the core messages of american idiot relevant again <laughs> resonate today yeah it's uh <laughs> it's unfortunate but also appreciated uh indeed but i'm just saying i've i guess my point in all this was uh of all those of all the bands from that era they're the only ones that seem to have like matured in any way yeah i mean i would think about that. other things besides like whacking off and stuff like ditching school. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's like as their albums progressed and they got older, this subject matter that they would talk about aged with them. Yeah. Until a certain point, unfortunately. And now it's yeah. And then, then there was a very hard regression. Yeah. And then mother <laughs> starting father actually. Of all came out. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh, father of all. I, but it even started. There's like some of that kind of weird, cringy stuff in, uh, uh, 21st century breakdown too where it's like i get that he's like talking about characters and whatever right, he was right. trying to like do the rock opera thing but it didn't work quite as well as it did on american idiot because american idiot ultimately is like an anti-establishment look how fucked everything is right whereas 21st century breakdown is uh the these two these two about uh, these, these two kids in some town or whatever they're rebels or something one of them's latina I think. Indeed. Well, her name is Gloria. We we never know. Yeah, I just picture some fucking Christian and Gloria. A fucking California town that starts with Santa. Yeah, and then you get like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think like the only two good songs on that record are "Last Night on Earth," which That's is great. Song. One of their one of their best ballads for sure. Twenty One Guns. Uh, <laughs> Twenty One Guns, baby. Oh, war is bad. Did you know that war is bad? Hey guys. <laughs> Boy, we got some breaking news. 
Oh, fuck. Yeah, Billy. <laughs> it's like he like was just made aware of like, he listened to like Buffalo Springfield. that was like, I can do that too. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I think he tried to, he tried to do his own that, you know? Yeah. Peacemaker is pretty good too. Yeah. I don't remember that one. Um, it's I, the kind of like quasi Latin, very like acoustic guitar, super fast mm. drumming thing. It's a good song. Oh yeah. It's very reminiscent of like warning. But right. Latin. Oh, yeah. They had some Latin stuff in warning. Yeah, it's like really fast. It's like the whole, the whole song is like from the perspective of someone who's going to commit terrorism, basically. Fuck yeah. It's a pretty really, good song. He really got into the mind of uh, Bin Laden with that <laughs> with Peacemaker. Boy, did he. Yeah. And then you have like East Jesus Nowhere that's like, religion is bad, this song. And it's like such right. a... I, I When I was in high school, I loved that song because I thought it was so edgy and cool. Yeah, it's like Imagine 2. <laughs> Nobody ever needs that. Let me tell you. <laughs> imagine might. We're almost done, but Im- imagine might be the most insufferable song. That song fucking sucks. Ever written by a fucking like icon. Yeah. If you ever music. needed more proof that Paul McCartney is undisputedly the most talented <laughs> member of the Beatles, just look at Imagine. And I would probably throw George Harrison. He'd, he'd be pretty high on the list. Too. Oh, George Harrison's solo stuff is amazing. Yeah, it's very good. He's just not as like prolific as Paul McCartney, partially because he's dead. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that put a hamper on things for sure. <laughs> put a wrench in his career. Um, but yeah, I mean... You know, ranking the Beatles, John Lennon's dead last for sure. Even, oh, 100%. Even below the Pete Best. <laughs> I took Pete Best above <laughs> John Lennon. <laughs> Who doesn't love a little Pete Best? I would throw the original mixing board in Abbey Road Studios above John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would throw the fiery car crash, Paul McCartney escape. Uh, unscathed from in above John Lennon. Yeah, I think Yoko Ono is a better member of the Beatles <laughs> than John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Whoever taught George Harrison how to play the sitar, that guy's above John <laughs> Lennon as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Oh, real, real quick, I'm not, this is going to be super brief because I don't really know much about it, but apparently uh, they've someone's been re-releasing tracks from uh, Revolver, the Beatles album, mm-hmm. uh, that they're newly mixed and mastered, and apparently um, they did it through AI because they were able to take, uh, there is only mono tracks right. for every song in the album. They were able to take those tracks and somehow using AI create like full stereo hmm. tracks of all the individual tracks. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to any of them? I listened. I need to re-listen to it after learning that I listened to tax man in my car. And I was like, Oh God, it sounds like, <laughs> like someone made this on SoundCloud, but I, I mean, <laughs> I need to re-listen to it. Uh, could be totally wrong there. I don't know. I'll check it out. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Report back to us. All right, cool. Well, um, that was that. All right. Uh, 
Well, everybody, I hope you did not watch Halloween ends. Hope you saved yourself the pain of yeah. that experience. Uh, please avoid uh, any new music this week as well. There's none. That's it's all terrible. Um, and also don't check out the news. There's a lot of bad things in the news. You don't want to know about. You don't want to have to see that. It's pretty terrible. Um, but hey, whatever you do end up doing this week. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for taking us with you. Bringing us along. Fucking <laughs> 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 Mr. Rod.